the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Liberty in America is under assault. We no longer live in a reality that includes property rights. We're no longer the kings of our own castle. We no longer enjoy the true benefits of capitalism. Instead, we're negotiating our rights with our own government. This isn't how our country was founded. These aren't the ideas of our founders. It's time to seize back our country. This is the Liberty Hour, where these important issues will be discussed for the sake of America's future. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Constitution in the other, here's your host, Sean Thompson. Welcome to the Liberty Hour. Charles Not Sean Thompson. Um, got a lot to talk about. We're waiting on the guest here. Um, want to talk? Uh, we're on? All right. So I want to not delay because, you know, minutes count here and go to my first guest. He is a nationally syndicated radio talk show host and columnist. You can hear him here every day, Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. to 2 p.m., he is also the co-founder of Prager University. It's an honor to welcome Dennis Prager to the Liberty Hour. Dennis, thanks for being here. Uh, thank you. Anything with the word liberty, I'm a sucker for. <laughs> that is awesome. So, you know, we're going to try to solve the world's problems here in a couple of minutes, and I know your body of work is immense, so I like to take a my, uh, macro approach, and a lot of your talks go that way. And you've long been talking about the attack on America, its Judeo-Christian values, its principles of individualism and freedom. And but even you must be surprised by how fast we've fallen in the last three to five years. I mean, I guess you could say in the last three months. So what do you think is the cause of this acceleration? I'm not that surprised. Uh, I've been writing for decades that we're in a civil war uh, and I've always said, and thank God, nonviolent, although the violence is increasing on the part of the left. Uh, so I'm not, uh, unfortunately, I'm not surprised. For two generations, Americans have been taught to loathe their country. I have, uh, we have undone every major value system that undergirds America. So I, Oddly enough, the thing, the only thing I could say that has surprised me, although not shocked me, just I, I, I didn't realize how deep it had become is we we sing that we're the land of the free and the home of the brave. And I knew that our freedom was uh, being compromised at such a rate that one can no longer fully say that. But the uh, home of the brave has really become uh uh, inaccurate. The the uh, the cowardice that has uh, overtaken America since nineteen uh, the nineteen fifties and sixties. Nineteen sixty nine, there was a virus that killed 
the equivalent of about 160,000 Americans. Not one thing was shut down. Americans didn't uh, wear masks. Americans understood that there were tragedies in life and that uh, viruses are part of the the, uh, the tragedy. Uh, and they, uh, they didn't believe that it is moral uh, to uh, destroy the economy of the world, let alone America, uh, because there was a virus. So uh, the, uh, the, uh, the, the teachers that refuse to teach because they're writing their obituaries <laughs> are models of cowardice to their students. I would I would not have my child study under a teacher uh, who said uh, I didn't sign up to be a martyr. I signed up to be a teacher. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're unworthy of teaching my child. Right. Well, I'm never surprised by anything that the left does, but I will say the only thing that surprises me is how quickly. <laughs> That house of cards collapse that would be liberals, independents and average American people who just threw their hands up and said, OK, you know, I knew the left would do anything. I didn't think everybody would just be like, well, they said it. So right. so that's fine. And I like you for a better part of a decade for me, I've been screaming the culture. I moved to Chicago and I went to every conservative I could find and every Republican and went to every meeting and said, you have to start talking about the culture. And I I think that, you know, what the left did that was brilliant, it's evil and sinister, but brilliant, is they started decades ago focusing on the culture, figuring if we shift the way people thought, then we can ease stuff in and it would be okay. And I think that, you know, they made it a priority. The conservatives mostly ignored it. You know, we had a blur, you know, things that popped up in the last couple of decades, the Murphy Brown thing, gay marriage. But for the most part... Republicans, it's shocking to me, but they thought that, you know, if I promote good policy, we'll win out. We got the better ideas and hooray. So where do you think the Republicans lie in this and how much uh, blame would you lay at their feet? Well, for much of the last, well, really much of my adult life, I have uh, put it this way. We're we're in a civil war, but only one side is fighting. (laughs) Right. That, that, that's been sort of one of my mottos. And uh, there are some who fight. Uh, Ted Cruz fights. Uh, Lindsey Graham fought in, in uh, with the Brett Kavanaugh hearing. He was awesome. Uh, the president fights. But the, the average Republican, this is not an attack, doesn't get it. They, they don't understand everything is at stake. First of all, the average Republican politician, like the average Democrat, uh, is in politics to be in politics. Mm-hmm. It's not an attack either. It's just a statement of fact. Right. People go into politics. Some people go into a welding. Some people go into law. Some people go into politics. It's fun. It's interesting. Uh, you get uh, get attention. It's got a lot of perks. Uh, a handful of people go in it uh, for the right reason, uh, because they have a mission, and their mission is not to be reelected. Their mission is to save this country against the uh, the leftists. And I always distinguish between leftists and liberals. Liberals are weak, but leftists are, are doing evil. Right. Uh, and they, they don't they don't believe in what I call the American Trinity. Uh, I didn't make it up. I made up the term, but I didn't make up the components. They're on every coin. Liberty and God we trust, e pluribus unum. And the, the left 
uh, can't stand uh, God-based uh, Judeo-Christian values. They can't stand the pluribus unum. They don't believe from anyone. They believe from many, many. And <laughs> they uh, they don't believe in liberty. They believe in equality. Right. Uh, and not, I don't mean equality of the opportunity or equality. Outcome, everything. Uh, outcome, right, which is yeah. the French Revolution, not the American Revolution. It's the Russian Revolution, not the American Revolution. Right. And you just gave me a perfect segue to your book, The Rational Bible, uh, Exodus and Genesis. And for those who say I'm saying it out of order, you know, Dennis um, released the books in that order and he explains why. And they are powerful and important. And, and I love what you're doing. And my question is, I took two things from it. I want to know one's obvious, but I want to know if both were your intent when doing it. I think that is great because obviously everybody understands the better the Bible better by reading it. But the two things I took away from what it was doing was it invites atheists, agnostics, other non-believers to apply their rationale to the Bible and its principles. And it helps people of faith understand the importance of arguing their positions and the beliefs that they hold true because of their faith in ways that secularists can understand it. Because too many people, you know, of the evangelicals would say, you know, I believe this because the Bible says not understanding that that may be true. But if you're, you're, you're arguing with somebody and say, well, I don't believe that. And I think it's a fairy tale. What are you going to do? Pick up your Bible and walk away? You know, often you ask people who know about PragerU what their favorite video is, and I've seen them all, and I still have to say your abortion video because you you did both in that video. So were were both of those your um, plans of uh, attack when doing the Rational Bible? I must say, uh, very few people have interviewed me and gotten me as quickly as you do. (laughs) I'm very very touched. the, it's called the rational Bible because I only use reason. The argument of uh, that's what the Bible says is very convincing to people who believe in the Bible, and it's and it's completely unconvincing to people who don't. So I never say that. I just I what I say is uh, I will make a rational case for the Bible's greatness, and you know you don't really need. Uh, much of a case when you watch uh, a gangs of kids looting stores, uh, you realize if, if they believed just in the Ten Commandments, I'm a very big Ten Commandments fan. Mm-hmm. I think that that's almost enough. If people simply believe that that there was a the Creator who gave us Ten Commandments to live by, the world would be uh, would be a beautiful place. Uh, they don't believe that God said, "Do not steal." I got 30 seconds here. Can I steal two more minutes for you on the other side? Yep. That is awesome. Uh, you, uh, we're talking to Dennis Prager, nationally syndicated radio host and author, columnist, and co-founder of PragerU. Stick with us with more with Dennis. You're listening to The Liberty Hour on AM560, The Answer. This is The Liberty Hour. Here's your host, Sean Thompson, on AM560, The Answer. Welcome back to the Liberty Hour. I am your host, Charles Love, and trying to solve the world's problems, or at least the country's problems, with nationally syndicated radio host and author, Dennis Prager. Thanks for staying on the line, Dennis. Um, I appreciate it. Because I like to, I'm a solutions guy, and I like to end every uh, segment with solutions. So I had one more question, and then I wanted to talk about what do we do. But I want to go back to, I don't know if you remember, but when we we first spoke, uh, 
you made fun of me. I was on the back of a bus with my son in New York, and we were talking about a, an event I was trying to bring you in on. And uh, you said, what am I doing there? And I said, I just moved here from Chicago. He said, why? <laughs> and um, we were talking about education and obviously the summit we're doing uh, to point out all the problems that we face there in education. We have a couple more now. COVID is uh, obviously shedding some lights on some things. And um, I've always said my belief is that education is the hill conservatives should die on. And I don't think that they're doing enough there. Um, the only thing they ever say when they talk about it is school choice, which I'm a proponent of. But as the culture shifts to the left, we're going to be so focused on the school choice with our head down trying to fight that fight. We're going to win and realize these poor children are going to get vouchers to private schools that are shiny and clean looking, but are teaching the same garbage as the other schools. I mean, there are private schools that are doing the same thing with COVIDs and closing and that kind of thing. And the terrible 1619 project. So I want to know, do you believe that that is one of the ways that that is uh probably the most important thing that we can focus on, especially since all these millennials who are spewing this garbage is because we allowed them to be indoctrinated from one side. You're terrific. (laughs) (laughs) The, uh, The notion of school choice when your choices are all crappy, uh, is pretty irrelevant, isn't it? It's pretty irrelevant. Uh, It's, so you 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 can now choose a uh, a school with uh, better computers, smaller classes, uh, w- better paid teachers, teaching you why America uh, is despicable and why Judeo-Christian values are irrelevant. And parents are and Republicans, I should say, are going to die on that hill. Uh, uh, that's you, you summarized it beautifully. That's that's right now. The only the only thing that exists that's worthwhile that can actually be called education are a handful of schools uh, that actually teach uh, that believe in the concept of truth uh, that teach that uh, the, the the exceptionalism of America lies in its values. Mm-hmm. And uh, otherwise, uh, the only answer right now except for those handful of schools, and most religious schools fail this test, by the way, abysmally. They're Christian or Jewish only in name. Uh, in content, they may as well just be a secular left-wing institution. 100%. Uh, so in Jewish schools, you'll get leftism uh, with a picture of the Torah, and in, in Christian schools, uh, leftism uh, with a lot of talk about Jesus. Uh, but uh, it, it's irrelevant. So the... Uh, what you what you have is now for most people the most realistic choice, and I, I say this with sadness because it's very it's a big challenge, especially in the beginning. It's homeschooling, homeschooling, homeschooling. and uh, yeah. Uh, uh, as uh, Bill Bennett's son who went to Princeton said, he learned more at PragerU than he did at Princeton, and and they're free, and our mm-hmm. videos are free. Right. And we had one quarter of the number then that we have today. And I'm not, uh, this is not to promote PragerU. It's just to give examples of, of which PragerU is but one mm-hmm. of, of the awesome videos and syllabuses or syllabi uh, that are available uh, to parents uh, to teach their children. Uh, plus, uh, they don't get cynical uh, and uh, uh, they don't uh, they don't have their innocence robbed which is now the intent. It's actually the intent of schools to rob children's innocence, 
They have uh, they have uh, um, uh, drag queen a story hour now for uh, kids who were five years old. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now I don't know if you saw this story, but they have uh, some schools that are trying to keep now that we're going to remote, trying to keep the parents from watching what's going on. Because yeah, you you're see what my your man. Yes, sir. And you know why? Because they are cowards. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. taught. I taught high school. I taught college. And I remember when I taught college in the, in the 1970s, I was a kid teaching kids, basically. <laughs> but uh, I, I was a college teacher. And the kids would come over very sweetly and said, can we record your class? That was with cassette recorders. And I remember my instinctive reaction was, why on why God's earth would the answer be no? All right. I, I hope. I hope they play. Uh, why would I only want what I say to be in a classroom? Right. But these high school teachers know they know they're not teaching. Right. And and the other they, important they thing too is also proud of their work. They have <laughs> nothing to be proud of. They are indoctrinating, and God forbid the parents should see the the garbage that they are spewing in mm-hmm. those classrooms. Otherwise, they would be proud to have parents hear them. Isn't that correct? A hundred percent. And that's the other thing, too. The way you win these arguments are having, well, I don't know about now because we've gone off the crazy rails, but in a normal situation is by having the conversation, hearing both sides and letting people hear the other side, but you never get to hear the other side. One of the things that, you know, I'm having Nick Searcy up right after you. This is a wonderful album, I'm telling you. And he told me that you, uh, and I got the clip of the uh, trailer that you're in that uh, new documentary. And it made me think of No Safe Spaces. And I was one of those people that yell at the movie screen at the scene. It was all great. But at the scene where you went to Morehouse and you're talking to those kids and they were really educated and they were making some good points. And then they said, yeah, but you don't understand. Right. Because we already starting off different because your your ancestors were this, your own ancestors own mine. So from the beginning and I'm screaming, I should have known better. Shame on me. I listened to your show long enough. But I'm like, Dennis, if you don't tell them about your ancestors, please don't let that lie. You know. I'm just like, there's no way. I mean, they, but it just proves that they don't understand history, right? They assume everybody who's not black came here in 1619. I use that because of the terrible project that we're fighting against. But if we can get those ideas and, and real history in front of people, at some point, those 12 year olds are going to become 30 year olds. Right. And because we didn't do it now, they're, you know, writing legislation, they're attorneys. And I just think that there's a void there. So what do we do going forward? We got like a minute here. What do we do? How do we fix it? The first thing is you have to make people aware of the fragility of civilization. I think they're starting to see it. I tell tell fellow Jews, most of whom are on the left, how spectacularly uh, suicidal their support of the left is. Because whenever civilization breaks down, the Jews get killed. And uh, the, the left has always loathed Jews, just as they have loathed, uh, basically, they have loathed, loathed humanity. They love power, but that, that's all that they love. But uh, American civilization uh, was built in, in hundreds of years, and it could be destroyed uh, in two generations, as we are now seeing in Portland and Chicago, in uh, in Seattle, in New York, and uh, frankly, in uh, most parts of the country. And uh, yet people 
walk around thinking, oh, Donald Trump is the problem, not the left, uh, which proves God. Someone said many years ago, God must love fools. He made a lot of them. <laughs> that is totally true. I want to leave you with this because I said if, if I had a longer conversation, with you, I would call you on this. You're too busy to do anything about it, but I would stick this back in your mind. You've said a couple times over the last 10 or 12 years, you have a good guest on. You're like, man, I keep forgetting. I wish I had time. You always wanted to find a way to connect these callers and connect these black conservatives when they call in or when they have them as guests. Well, you know, when you're ready to make that happen, you know where to find me. It has been an honor. I uh, appreciate you being here. Tell your wife, I love her. She's awesome. And... um is there any project or anything else you want to mention before you go? I know this. The well, radio I'm, show I'm glad. Uh, I'm, yeah, people should visit PragerU. It's free. Awesome. And uh, they should. Uh, there, there are two other quick things. The Rational Bible make gives wisdom, hopefully, on every page from the greatest book ever written. And uh, people should uh, send me an email at DennisPrager.com if they'd like to see uh, Jewish High Holy Day services on the uh, on the internet. I made spectacular one a, a video of all of them shunning Yom Kippur for Jews and non-Jews. Send me an email. I'll tell you how to uh, how to um, see it. Well, thank you. There you are, everyone. Dennis Prager, I appreciate you, your time and your wisdom and uh, what you do on your show and at PragerU. I've seen the videos. I donate regularly. And we will connect, obviously. I'll see you in April. And uh, I appreciate you. Thanks for being here. You're very special. Thank you. There you have it. Dennis Prager, host Prager Show, 11 a.m., 2 p.m. here in Chicago. Hopefully uh, we learned a lot from that. And like I mentioned, coming up, Nick Searcy to talk about that and more from Hollywood and in the country and how we fix things there. You're listening to the Liberty Hour on AM 560, The Answer. You're terrific. Liberty Hour. Call Sean now at 312-642-5600. The death of, of, uh, of religion in America is the death of America as we know it. There has been an attack on churches, on the freedom of churches, on the ability of people even to go into churches. We are in danger of Welcome back God to the Liberty Hour. I'm your host, Charles Love, and that was a great interview in the first uh, top of the hour, and uh, we played that as a little uh, intermezzo to kind of wet your beak. Yes, Macbeth is uh, doing a yeoman's work over there. That is a clip of Dennis, as I mentioned in the interview, from an upcoming documentary film by our next guest. He is a Hollywood actor, producer, and director known for uh, The Fugitive, Castaway, Academy Award-winning film, The Shape of Water, uh, probably best known for playing the role of Art Mullen, Raylan Givens' boss on Justified. But to my list, it's probably best known as either Chris Rock's nemesis in the head of state or the producer <laughs> of God's Nail. Uh, Nick, <laughs> seriously, welcome to the Liberty Hour. Y'all, thank you so much, Charles. Good to, good to be with you again. It is so awesome to have you. You know, um, I could spend you know the rest of the segment just reading off your career highlights, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, which sometimes you do. You're hilarious. I like the self-effacing, uh, self-effacing comedy. But um, I want to kind of do a parallel. Like I said, I just talked to Dennis. I don't know if you heard some of the interview, but it yeah. was really great. And uh, yeah. as he always is. And I want to tie oh, yeah, it in it... with. I'm sorry. Go ahead. 
Well, it's, I was just going to say, it's always fun to talk to Dennis, although, you know, I interviewed him for the movie, and I just, going in, I'm like, I'm not smart enough to interview Dennis Prager. How did I get in this position? <laughs> you know, but, you, no, he's, so you, he's you understand. Right, so you understand. I'm sitting here like, you know, he's, he's, he's giving you brilliance. He's giving you wisdom. But I'm like, how do you cut him off? Because I want more questions. But I'm not cutting Dennis off. You just let me do, right. know when you're done talking, Dennis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you can cut me off anytime. <laughs> no, but what I want to do with you is kind of do a parallel between what's happening in the country and in Hollywood, because I think they're linked and most people don't get it. And I saw your Hillsdale talk, which was brilliant. And I took some pieces from that that I want to talk about because um, people kind of dismiss Hollywood, especially conservatives. They say, well, Hollywood is cool. It used to be fun, but they don't make anything for me. So I'm just going to sh- shut it off. Forgetting that everyone used to say that, you know, life imitated art and art imitated life and you needed a combination of both and so i want to talk about what's happening as the country shifts left what's happening there and then eventually what we can do but first i want to ask you um obviously you love the country but and that probably has always been there but when did you start like fighting so adamantly and what was the catalyst to make you start well you know for a number of years especially when i was younger you know getting an acting career going is a pretty full-time job. So I was pretty much focused on that, learning my craft and learning how to, to work in the business. But at a certain point, I started to realize that, you know, I'm, I'm, we're really in a culture war here. And these people that are surrounding me, a lot of the material that I'm getting, a lot of the stuff that I'm being asked to do really pushes values that uh, I don't agree with. And really around 2012 is where I just, sort of decided, you know what, I, I, I don't I don't want to keep my mouth shut anymore. And I think part of the catalyst was when my friend Andrew Breitbart passed away. Mm-hmm. That was one of those uh, those one of those watershed moments where I just go, you know, none of us know how much time we have. What are we going to do with the time that we're on the planet and the, the gifts that God has given us? And I decided then that really I, I need to stand up for what I believe in, because if I don't do that, what good am I? <laughs> right. And in a lot of ways, I, I want to know what you think about this, but I, I I see being a conservative in Hollywood like being a black conservative. Right. So people will <laughs> no look because people will agree with you in private. I have people like, man, yeah, you're right, man. That Obama, that what some of that stuff. I was like, I would never say that stuff in public, though. Right. And, and you say some of those say, same things. Right. So some of the way you treat oh, yeah. it, the way you probably looked at the way that, you know, you, somebody might, you know, who's kind of like can't control themselves might just argue with you from you could be sitting at a cafe and they just want to argue with you. So a lot of those things are kind of similar. You deal with those similar situations, right? Yeah. And you know, it's not like people argue with me, you know, in in public or to my face. That's not how it works. That's not how these bullies like to operate. They just (laughs) sort of go behind the scenes and go, we're not going to hire that guy because they'll they'll never come out and say, we don't want to hire so-and-so because he's a Republican or because he's a conservative. Mm -hmm. They'll just make up some euphemism for it and go, yeah, we just don't see him in the role or something. But believe me, it it goes on and and they, they do it in a cowardly way. Well, well, here's a question. I don't know. This might be, you know, like like I deal with Dennis. I want Let's see if I can get two for two. I like to ask people questions they don't generally hear. So you said 2012 was the kind of like the light switch came on for you. So you were still had conservative values before then. So I'm wondering what percentage and 
you, I got you for the second segment. You may you, uh, be able to add on to this uh, after the break, but what percentage of Hollywood would you say are the true believers versus those people who are just intimidated to saying it, to speaking and acting a certain way? And has it changed pre and post Obama? So I, look, I hear him playing, me, playing music for me, though, so you can think about that. And, and give me an answer okay. on the other side. We're here with Nick Searcy. You're listening to the Liberty Hour on AM560, The Answer. Missed it by that much. You're listening to the Liberty Hour with Sean Thompson. Get on the line with Sean by calling 312-642-5600. Can't Welcome do that. Back. What'd you say? You can't do that. You can't do what? No, you, you need another number to get Sean tonight. Oh yeah, you. I mean, you can Sean's call that number. Here. You can but call you won't talk to Sean. You can talk to me. <laughs> Welcome back to the Liberty Hour. I am your host Charles Love, and we're talking to Nick Searcy, Hollywood star and Twitter assassin. And when we left, <laughs> I left him with a, a, a question to think about. He got them all over. So, what would you say? I asked what percentage of the uh, people there in Hollywood are true believers versus intimidated. Which obviously you talk about people being intimidated to what they don't believe and how it's changed pre and post Obama. Well, there's an awful lot of people who, like you, they come up to me and say, you know, I agree with you, but I'd never say it publicly because I'd never work again. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I used to sort of say, well, that's okay. I understand that. But now I've sort of gotten to the point where it's like, okay, well, what's, what's the line? How far <laughs> is it going to have to go before you decide that it's time to stand up and not let these bullies push you around? And when does it come back? You know, that, right? Yeah. It's like, how, how, mu- how, much, how much more do they have to take? And basically what's happened now in Hollywood is they basically killed their own industry. They've cut their own throats. They've shut everything down. And by accepting all this stuff about the virus, they have totally destroyed the ability to make movies. They're having to come up with a whole new method now. Yeah, what are they going to do? You can't do you can't do kissing scenes or fighting scenes and all that kind of stuff. (laughs) Oh, you wouldn't believe the literature that you get from the Screen Actors Guild about all that. The rules of doing that—it's just—I mean, it's ridiculous. It's going to be all green screen. Yeah, it's going to be all green screen. and that's what I mean. Basically, they have ruined their own industry. So it's it's time for something to spring up in its place. I think that now is the time that conservatives out there need to realize we have abdicated the pop culture to the left for too long by saying, you know, as you mentioned before, by saying that stuff isn't for me. I'm just not going to watch it. I'm just going to let it go. But what they don't what we don't realize is that stuff is permeating our children's mm-hmm. lives, mm-hmm. our teenagers lives. The pop culture shapes the way people think about things. Hollywood is powerful in that way. And if we don't engage and if we don't start creating product and if we don't put our money where our mouths are in terms of we want to affect the culture in a positive way, then it's going to continue to go downhill. And and what are people left with? One of the things there were like two or three absolutely brilliant things you said at Hillsdale, and that was one of them. You said that people learn and, and they appreciate and they're entertained through stories and we're all making documentaries, which are fine, but they're making documentaries yeah. and they're also making, you know, fiction. So they have they, they've cornered the market on fiction. Right. It's, it's, yeah. it's completely insane. And we just walk away and say, well, we don't like the fiction they're making. So instead of making better fiction, we just give up on fiction. You know, that's the same thing that, that we have. That's why I say Hollywood 
is running parallel to what's happening in the world. It's the same thing as conservatives saying, well, we don't like what's going on, so we're going to do this. Or what I said earlier about Republicans saying, we're going to write good policy and it's going to beat everything else while they're teaching your kids uh, what they want them to believe in music, in, in art, and in everything, and you're not paying attention to that. And you talk about they're destroying their uh, industry and it's time for conservatives to rise up. You also talk there about conservatives have lost Hollywood. You're not getting it back. You need to create a new Hollywood. But that means every yeah. level. That means distribution. That means producers. That means directors. That means content, writers, actors, everything. So it's the same. It's mirroring America, right? The left has gone so far. Corporations have just thrown their hands up. So what do you do? So in both situations, you have to look at it and say, how do you fix it? What's the next step? So what is the next step, let's say, for Hollywood? Uh, well, uh, well, Hollywood's going to have to reinvent himself or basically die away. It's going mm-hmm. its market share is going to be smaller because they were so addicted to Chinese money. And I think now that that's, they're not going to be able to get away with that as, as much as they did before. Now people are not going to accept that. Like they were sort of secretly getting Chinese money and letting the Chinese government censor their material. Right. That, oh, yeah, I, wrote, I was actually, yeah. in, I was actually in meetings where pitching, uh, a screenplay that I'd written with a partner where, where, you know, we were told, do you have anything that China might like? And I started <laughs> laughing. I thought he was kidding. Right. And he, he wasn't, you know, nope. he was like, I said, well, what, what is exactly do you mean by that? What kinds of things would China like? Well, he, and they probably, they probably had a booklet for you. It's funny you ask, Nick, here you go. It's all oh, color yeah. coded. No, Follow these rules. Right away. It was, it was right on the tip of his tongue. He said, well, they really hate the Japanese. Have anything with the Japanese <laughs> the villain? They'll love that. Wow! Like, you got to be kidding me! <laughs> yeah, you know, we just talked well, last week. Show we talked to Gordon Chang, and we were talking about that very thing. Um, so another great thing that I, I maybe the last one, but from, I mean, there was so many goodies. Go watch this clip of him at Hillsdale. You will love it. You said that we're the counterculture now. We're the Sex Pistols. Yeah. And I said, that's right. true. That's true. But it made me think, you know, I'm a kind of out of the box thinking. I'm like, OK, but here's another uh, situation where the left had some magic tricks. They somehow have been able to both wield tremendous power and still speak like they're the hip, cool counterculture people. And we're against the mainstream and it works. So yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> It's amazing, but I don't know what we do to stop it, right? I mean, because people are, you got the powerful people saying, we need to stop the powerful people. And, and everybody's like, yeah, I agree with that guy. It's amazing. Yeah, they are total, yeah, they're, the Hollywood crowd is totally sucking up to the Democrat Party. And it'd be, it's like they were making films for the Russian Politburo. That's, that's how they operate in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. They right. think they're rebels by doing exactly what, the leftist Democrat Party wants them to do. And that's but like I said I to Dennis, nothing that the now. left does surprise me. Why do people believe it? Why are people buying into it? Because that's what fascinates been, me. Well, that's because of what Prager was talking about with the, the school system. You have wow. generations of people that have been brought up for years and years in the school system thinking America's evil, America's racist, everything here is terrible. And so by the time they get to, you know, they've seen all these movies, they've heard this all from their teachers, they hear it all the way through college. So by the time they get to be adults, they like, they are basically brainwashed. Right. They believe the whole thing. They swallowed the whole lie that yeah. America's an evil place. Everyone has to follow. You have to follow Nick at Yes Nick Searcy. Now, keep in mind, he's very kind. He posts things he agrees with. But if you challenge him, <clears throat> you may, 
You may need to be prepared for the onslaught. I mean, I, I just sit there like, you know, I got, a, you know, 30 minutes to kill. Just watch this Twitter feed. It's absolutely hilarious. <laughs> you wanna, I know you wanna, him, I, I, my, my slogan is I know people have feelings and that's why I try to hurt them. Yeah, I saw that. They'll keep that in mind. Uh, in the last <laughs> seconds here, you got to talk about your documentary. Yeah, uh, America, America, God shed his grace on me is going premiere October 10th. It's being made by the Western Conservative Summit and Colorado Christian University, and it's an exploration of God and America, of, of the relationship between God and America. And I went around the country and talked to a whole lot of smart people like Dennis Prager and Ben Shapiro and Michael Knowles. You must not have had my number. Rush's show. Ben Carson is in it. Alveda King. Herman Cain. Herman Cain, yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of lot of really great people in it, and it's uh, we're we're putting it together right now, and so basically we're trying to balance the uh, humor with the seriousness right. of it. it it's good. It looks like the, the, in addition to all the smart people, there's me making jokes. All the time. Yeah. <laughs> well, the trailer looks great. I hope everyone follows you. Everyone goes to see the movie October 10th. You said, yeah, it'll be released October 10th. There'll be a big rollout. There's going to yep. do some, uh, be a lot of advertising. Well, so keep an eye out for it. Thank you for your time. And what you can do for me is send me all the people who are willing to talk. I need as many Hollywood people that will say something about what's going on. This is the Liberty Hour. Here's your host, Sean Thompson, on AM560, The Answer. Welcome back to the Liberty Hour. I'm your host, Charles Love. That was uh, four good, quick, fun segments. Um, when talking to Dennis, I talked about the teachers not wanting to be uh, eavesdropped, as the way they put yeah. it, by those evil parents. Uh, Minding uh, their business. Right, right. Uh, Macbeth has that clip. Let's play a little bit of it. A school district in Tennessee is taking heat for asking parents to sign a form agreeing not to eavesdrop on their kids' virtual classes over concerns they could overhear confidential information. But after pushback from parents, Rutherford County School District is allowing them to tune in with permission from the teacher. But parents are not allowed to record the classes. Can you hold that right there? And if they violate... Hold, hold that right there. So they, they can... They, they, first they told them no. Then they said you can do it, but you, you, need to, you, you need to get permission from the teachers to watch what they're teaching your kids. Let's hear what happens if you violate. And if they violate... This, after, after they sign the agreement, if they violate it, then they can remove the child from the virtual learning classroom. Stop. Yeah, Lori, it's absurd. They, What's the other option? But, but wait, they can remove them from the learning, uh, from, from the school, right? But the school is your house. So they're going to remove them from your house because I'm watching them learn? So they're going to take my kid? Or, or they're going to say, well, fine, he doesn't get to go to school then. But, Are they going to force my kid to go in person? Maybe this is a great right, workaround. Right, that's, that's a way to get right a workaround <laughs> because because if there's no in person and they can't go remotely, but if they just if I choose to if, here's the state doing what they do again. If I right. choose not to send my kid to school, to truant and I and I lose my kid. Well, you know what the best part of this is too. We had um, basically you know at the beginning of all of this uh, remote learning when my kid was starting at least last year. They had, they had send out these things that said, well, your kids are going to be online a lot more and you got to be very careful and you got to keep an eye on what they're viewing online. Make sure you're aware of what's going on. But now that it has something to do with but them, no, 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 please respect our privacy. Right. You what need to crack. only be aware of other things, not these things. I'm going to say, we got time for Jim or do we take Jim on the other side? Uh, 
not effectively. Let's no. let's. Get I wouldn't want to cut you off, Sorry. Jim. Don't go anywhere. We appreciate you. Uh, we will have you on. But uh, come back on the second hour. It's time to uh, talk about what's going on in Chicago versus New York again. And I got a c- congressional candidate coming up. Stick with us. You're listening to the Liberty Hour on AM 560, The Answer. Liberty in America is under assault. We no longer live in a reality that includes property rights. We're no longer the kings of our own castle. We no longer enjoy the true benefits of capitalism. Instead, we're negotiating our rights with our own government. This isn't how our country was founded. These aren't the ideas of our founders. It's time to seize back our country. This is the Liberty Hour, where these important issues will be discussed for the sake of America's future. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Constitution in the other, here's your host, Sean Thompson. Welcome to the second hour of the Liberty Hour. I am Charles Love, and I have none of those things in my hand. Sorry to disappoint. That's all right. There's, there's things to strive for there. Okay. Uh, can I start with one of them? The cigar first? Yes. Then, okay. Yes. Okay. I, th- I think we'll both be accomplishing that one before the others. <laughs> right. You have one, I have the other. That's correct. Together, we make a Sean Thompson. No, neither no. one of us has a Sherlock Holmes haircut. So. <laughs> you and that haircut. Uh, well, well, it yeah. never changes, so the joke never changes. You know, Too well, That's how it goes. Well... <laughs> I'm sorry to you all. I'm sure you love the segment as I move it all over the place, but uh, he's back home in his regular spot. Uh, Patrick Brutus, you know him and you love him as the frustrated Democrat on uh, Facebook. And my man uh, to give me all the news that is uh, fit to not print because no one's really printing anymore in Chicago. I'd like to welcome Patrick Brutus to the Liberty Hour. What's going on, Charles? Hey, Macbeth. How's it going, everybody? What's happening? What's happening? Happy to be here. I was away from the mic. Hey, what's happening? <laughs> he was asleep. So I wish. I just I just want to quickly say I love that song, Under Pressure by Queen with the David Bowie uh, vocal. Very good music. Appreciate that. I mean, that is not me. That is the guy with the, the with the cigar in one hand and the copy of the Constitution in the other hand. But thanks. Yeah, we're just ripping it off. <laughs> so what have you got to tell us about in the grand old second city? It's been a busy week in Chicago, Charles. As you know, we've got a lot of things going on here. We've got Chicago crime demands results. And the Chicago Police Department uh, answered the call and arrested a bunch of people using technology. The mayor's mm-hmm. blocking up her street. Uh, no one can you got to keep the people safe, peacefully. Patrick. You got to keep the people safe. Got to keep the people safe. Uh, we had the Illinois congressional delegation. They held a press conference uh, to complain about the Postal Service. The same day later, uh, the Postal Service said, hey, we're not going to do any of those things, and we'll talk to you later. Ha-ha. So we got a couple of things going on. A lot of action in Chicago, let alone the national scene. So, where do you want to begin? Um, <laughs> so so many, so many, so many places. Um, now who's sleeping? 
<laughs> no, I was like, no, you know, I had to tell you what I was actually thinking. He was reading up all the stuff and he talked about the press conference yeah. and he said that, the, but he went to the, but the post office said they weren't going to do those things, right? And I was thinking, I, I wonder how many people thought it would giggle a little bit inside, maybe externally, when Steve Bannon got arrested and everybody was like, ha ha, Trump's guy, Steve Bannon got arrested. I said, who arrested him? Right. Yeah. <laughs> It's right. so funny, though. Uh, it's federal, so you people, know Trump. Trump. People, Trump has control over yeah. that, supposedly. And people gave me the business too, as if I'm, you know, Steve Bannon's uh, personal uh, boy scout or cheerleader or attorney. I'm like, I don't care about Steve Bannon. No, I'm right, right. It's just funny. How can you not just think that's funny? It's this big old thing about Trump is taking. Trump controls the post office, and now he's using it to steal the election. Look at him with trucks of mailboxes and that guy go to that guy's house because the postmaster general was appointed by Trump and he controlled all this stuff and in other right. news Steve Banyan was taken off a yacht by the USPS it's funny I'm and sorry you know what it's ridiculous but just real <laughs> quick to pivot away from Steve Bannon for a hot second the postal service you know they're complaining about how Trump is going to usurp democracy steal the election and, you know, greatly impact the operations of the post office. But, you know, this week I talked about how just a few years ago, the OIG of the U.S. Postal Service produced a report that said between 2011 and 2015, the Obama administration removed 12,000 mailboxes from circulation. Well, that's just and, silly and not true. Know, Why would you even say that? Well, it, no, it's true. I read the <laughs> it can't report. Be. It can't be true because it was Obama. But Obama removed <laughs> them with love. So Obama, you know, <laughs> they were peacefully removed, and you know they felt no pain. And Trump just snatched them up. Didn't even unscrew them. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of those mailboxes were removed in 2012. In 2012, there was an election. Election year. Oh no, he was you trying know, to steal the. Where's Mitt Romney? Oh, he's probably at a BLM march. Mitt Romney. He he's should, probably he, at a BLM he march. Appeal. He should appeal. He well, should appeal. He's on his knees right you know. now. So uh, back to Chicago. We're, talk- <laughs> We're talking about yes. Chicago. Chicago. Okay, what else you got? Give me Chicago. We can start with um, uh, Fort Knox, uh, Fort Lightwood, or the the block that is the police, I mean, the new police station, or what else can we call it? We can start with Logan Square, the safest place in Chicago. We can start, we can start there. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's just ironic. It's just ironic, right? Because, you know, the... The, the position that was taken by the administration was that everybody had an opportunity and right to protest peacefully, right? And then, mm-hmm. uh, so they got on her case because they don't like, you know, her stance on supporting the police, right? So they are obviously pro-defund um, and pro uh, a whole bunch of other stuff. And so they went to protest in her neighborhood. They were looking for her house. They found the address. They went down there. They went down there before. And then he went down there before, and I think she made some uh, some white shirt police uh, commander changes because they got too close, right? And this time around, now she's put up, I think, a perimeter, and now you can't even get up there, right? Um, and so that kind of the, the 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 firestorm that she faced in the media regarding that was that you know everybody has a chance to protest except for you know, near my home. And so I think that position Mm -hmm. looks like it may be challenging for her to defend that, but I think it's ironic. Right. Right. And I think everybody who, you know, is looking at the story here locally kind of feels the same way. It is a touch of irony. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, 
doesn't look good. Right. Right. No. But, you know, so, the, the 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 rest of the city is uh, I mean, it would be a problem if that was, you know, you, you pull away resources or whatever to do that. And it, while Rome was burning. But since the rest of the city has been pretty much locked down and everything else has been taken care of, it's, it shouldn't be really be an issue. Right. What else has been going on throughout well, the city from a crime and well, violence they, perspective? They raised, they raised the bridges. I, you know, it seems like every week we're talking about the same story. You know, we're talking about crime and, and violence, and they, they raised the bridges. And raising bridges. Prevent, they raised the bridges to protect the North. Yeah, what is that know, for, the by the way? The Let's be coast. honest. What is that for? <laughs> well, that's to protect the economic center, right? There you, you go. The Let's be real. The money thing. And so, but they also um, made the police chief go out there and say, also, we're trying to protect the neighborhoods as well. So they kind of had a redeployment of, uh, you know, uh, police levels on the south and west sides in the city. And then surprisingly, Charles, they made a bunch of arrests using technology like I've never seen it before. I mean, we believe they have it. But this week they made a big deal of advertising their efforts to track people down using video, using surveillance, using GPS. And they caught a whole bunch of these looters that, you know, that ravaged the city last Monday. And we talked about that, right? Mm-hmm. And so now this week, they made a bunch of arrests. And so I hope... Now, what is Kim going to do? <laughs> oh, you know, that's another story, right? <laughs> well, maybe they did it because they got tired of being showed up by uh, by um, Bar and Company. Have you seen the numbers on Operation Legend? Did you see yeah, the last number? 1,500. 15 was the last one. Yep. Yeah. 1,500 people. And when you get when you get picked up on a felony charge, you don't get out the next in, in five hours. Yeah, I believe they hold you for a pretty good period of days. You so know, they're and all, and, and that's what he made a point to say. Yeah. And they're all still in custody. He's really uh, he's really trolling the uh, the party here, and you know these liberal <laughs> cities and folks who are letting people out with the no cash bail and that whole policy for soft on crime. He's really trolling these people. And you know, if you're pro pro uh, pro Trump or pro crime or pro police, you got to love what you're hearing. Coming well, not if you're pro crime, but I get what you're saying. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> I just give you a hard time. I'm glad you I'm said. Sure, yeah, I'm yeah. sure everyone yeah. knew what you meant. If you're pro crime, <laughs> vote for Trump. He loves crime. <laughs> yeah, he loves crime. Yeah. <laughs> no, but yeah, I mean, I mean, I think I well, well if you're pro. Less shootings on the street, you should be good with that. You could be like, I hate Trump. I think he's a bad president. And I want him voted out. But yay, you locking up. Who's that crazy? Well, I need to stop. I, I know the answer. Well, to the that other part of that is, the, the, you know, when they, when they first started, there was all these predictions. Oh, there's going to be these goons, unmasked goons in the street taking people to undisclosed locations. And they're going to be and rounding up immigrants. Vehicles. And it's just, it just hasn't happened. Right. Just stop. Yeah. Well, you know, that plus the National Guard. We've got all kinds of things going on here. They're coming to so my favorite. That's my favorite topic with my active duty military friends. Is you say all oh, the National Guard's going to come and they just start to laugh. They just uh, you know <laughs> they'll get lost or whatever. They, they've got millions of jokes about that. Oh, it's too much. I hear the music, so I know we're coming to a break, Charles. I'm going to let you throw toss. I think Charles is ignoring Who's us. Toss the break. <laughs> we'll be right back. Break. I'll toss. We'll be right back on the Liberty Hour, AM 560, The Answer. This is the Liberty Hour. Here's your host, Sean Thompson, on AM 560, The Answer. Everybody knows that well, it's not Sean Thompson, and it's also not Charles Love. We're having trouble connecting with Charles. Oh, maybe. I, I hear him. Is he there? 
Charles, Uh-oh. we're connected. Hello, sir. How are you? Um, Charles, can you hear me? Oh. Well, this I is fun. What'd you say? Hey, Charles, we're on the air. You can hear me Come now? on to the I mic. Hey, there you are, buddy. Wow. What's hey, up? there it is. Hey. Charles we're working out. We're troubleshooting live on the air. There's nothing wrong with that. We got Charles and hey, Patrick. Macbeth. Go for it. Yeah. Remember look at that. that show called Charles? Remember that show called Charles and Charles? Charles in Charge? Yeah, this is Macbeth in Charge. That's it, Macbeth in charge. <laughs> wow, look at that. That's I can hear right. everybody. Everybody can hear me. This is the Liberty Hour, yeah. everyone. I am not Sean Thompson, and I guess I'm on the air. So, Patrick, you were telling me about Chicago. Yeah, we were going back and forth before you ended up in the Twilight Zone, man. I'm glad <laughs> to have you back, buddy. Uh, well, you know, you know, it, didn't, it didn't hurt a bit. Don't worry. Okay, well, I'm glad you didn't lose any uh, dilithium crystals in your spaceship. So... You know, the Illinois con- the congressional delegation of Illinois had a press conference. They stepped up. They complained about the $25 billion that they want to give, that nobody wants to take. Trump's mad. And then they ended up, you know, not happening. And they still passed the bill last night to give $25 billion to the post office. And they don't even need it. But what now, did they do? Can you imagine if we had that kind of money in Chicago? No, Our but the, I think they did not disagree. That money for Chicago. I disagree. I think they do need it. Don't they need to use that money? Because they, what they're going to do for the election, they're going to vote for us, right? So if you're going to get a bunch uh, of postal maybe. workers to vote for everybody, I mean, that's going to take some time. That's a lot of overtime. You need to pay for that. Well, here's the thing. Steve Scalise went on the floor yesterday, and he said they have $12 billion in reserve, and they have a $10 billion line of credit that they can't even use because they have too much money in reserve. So they actually have access to up to $22 billion that they don't need that Pelosi wants to give them $25 billion more. Why is that? Why doesn't, why doesn't Nancy Pelosi listen to her Congress uh, team and dole that money out in the CARES Act for the states so that these cities and states can have some funding to do, you know, COVID-related activities for public health and or whatever. So Cause it, cause I think that would be a better games? use of the taxpayer dime because they're playing games. I, you know what? survey said. I think you're right. <laughs> they, they don't care about what's the better use of the money. What is the best optics for the election years, what they're looking at? Um, yeah. Or maybe they can shore up everything else and not have everybody mailing in by- ballots. Oh, why don't they do this? You know, and, I don't even, and I don't even agree with this, but I'm saying if they really wanted to think outside the box, if the issue, if the voting is so important and the issue is that people can't vote in person because it's going to take so long to do it in social distance. Just start early. Everybody's all well, baked think- in. Everybody either hates Trump or they or they love him. It is what it is. Why don't we just start next Monday and you can just start voting every day from now until the end. Go when the that line would, is short. Work out. That would make sense to me if you really wanted to make an adjustment to the election day. But I think if people can actually, you know, get up the nerve to go and protest in person at the postmaster come on, general's those house, vote. That's and it silly. wasn't a small crowd. Just, come on, those people you, don't you vote. You can go protest. You can go stand in line and, and wait to vote. Yeah, I, I think that's the misnomer of this whole situation is that it's not that really serious. I mean, people are standing in line to go to Walmart right now, right? Mm-hmm. And people are complaining about the vote. It's, oh, it's speaking of voting. I know this is random. We've been all over the place. Technical difficulties. Me not talking. Normally, this is all Chicago, but I got a crazy thing. So I went to Popeye's Chicken the other day because I haven't had a fried piece of chicken in a while. And it was the only place I could find. 
So I go in there. I took a picture and posted it on Facebook. And because we're talking about voting and voting in person and Trump saying that, you know, mail-in voting won't be um, secure. And people saying he's just saying that because he's trying to ruin the election. And, you know, voter, asking blacks to have voter ID is racist, right? So I walk into to, mm-hmm. to Popeye's and I get to the register and it says there's a sign. Please present ID with your credit card or debit transaction. Sincerely, management. I'm like, all I want is a three-piece. I'm not trying to vote here. Wow. Yeah, Popeye's chicken, everybody. Because most people like to use the, but you needed to fly a plane, you needed to do this. No, Popeye's chicken, you needed for a three-piece and a biscuit. And we that know, I, I, I guess since I'm, since I'm black, I can say this, but I say we know black people will find a way to get a three-piece and a biscuit. <laughs> Macbeth can't say that, but yeah, you say a black skate get, get an ID, they will find a way to get that three-piece and that biscuit. Oh, man. No, no, no comment. Because I, I had I had wings for lunch today, so no comment. See, <laughs> and did you show did you show your state issued ID though? No, I did not. So uh, yeah, before we get into more madness, you had a win. Why don't you tell us about your win this week? Uh, you probably forgot. Okay, see? what do you mean? <laughs> didn't you get What's another? Win, de- Last time we talked about the ten million dollars. Didn't you have another development approved? Oh, hey, so... We're, you know, <laughs> I got so we're many working. wins. I'm so tired of winning. I don't even know what you're talking about, Charles. Yeah, I don't know. But Chicago is doing some really good things in terms of economic development. So the city this week will be releasing some requests for proposals for some you know, development sites. And we're looking at some other things. And it's just a win for the community that, you know, South Side communities and West Side communities are, you know, getting a fair share right now. They're getting a little opportunity to shine. And so hopefully we have some larger projects down the road that that you know, will be announced. And uh, we'll be we'll all be following the news on that to see if, you know, true community and economic development leads to new job creation and, you know, tax bases returning. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're, you know, we're looking good. We're looking Moving good right on direction. some small fronts, but small wins. Small wins are good. Small see, are good. and we say good things, too. Now back to the others. So the um, frustrated Democrat posted something uh, a couple days ago, and it says, when are we going to stop using the names Breonna Taylor and George Floyd in vain for political stunting? Whatever do you mean? So when, uh, you know, this week was the, you know, the Democratic uh, National Convention live on Zoom. And so I tuned in to... Uh, Mamala and her speech, right? Mm-hmm. And so when she was speaking about racial division, discord, you know, the need for more equity, she she mentioned those two names, George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, mm-hmm. but she had no follow up to it. She had no rhyme there, or reason to state those names. She there is no used it as right. a way. There was it was a way just to associate racism and that. And, and that action with those names. And so it was just a stunt. And I think we have got to, whatever persuasion you are, left, right, middle, whatever, you've got to stop, you know, hearkening back to names that conjure up, you know, bad Emotion. memories just mm-hmm. for shock value. Right. And I think that was a very poor, tastefully done um, uh, stunt on her part to try to associate all the themes that she was trying to throw into her speech and I, I, I don't think it did a service to those families, right? right. Certainly to the memories of those people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you're a fan of Kamala, you probably were clapping and doing backflips when she said it. But I think if you're a neutral person and looking for exactly what is what, 
that was poor. That was poor. And I think we got to get beyond this stunt naming. It, it doesn't do a good service. So you know, I'm tired um, of it, actually. What, what, what are your numbers looking like? Well, you know, right now, um, right now, Charles, um, it's 46 it's people shot, four killed. It's high. Right? Yeah. And yeah. you remember last week when we signed off, it was 30 and 3. And then Monday morning, it turned out the final weekend numbers were 64 60, right? and mm-hmm. 5. So in the matter so it of a seems few like hours, Sunday nights are really bad. Off, Sunday nights are really bad. So I'm not holding the line here on 46. I think we're going to see a number uh, on the tomorrow report that will show us greater than 55. So there's going to be some activity. The only thing is we had a little bit of rain this evening, so that might have you know dampened some of the movies out there so i i don't know you know you know it's always hard to find weekend numbers for new york until several days later they may be slow with uh uh putting those numbers together but i do have this is not this is uh, you you're gonna be like this is chicago normal but this is unusual for uh new york up until late but 11 shot and three killed yesterday (laughs) just yesterday wow just a garden variety variety 18 hours in new york city so yeah, how long is this going to go on before people do something about it? This is not a, I don't want to talk about black on black crime because I don't know who the perpetrator is. So I don't call it black on black crime because I don't know if the first right. black is black. But I know the second black is black. You know, I don't know right. if you remember, but uh, several weeks ago, it might have been before the show. But we were talking about how it was a weekend in New York where a lot of people got shot and 100 percent of them were minority. Yeah, 100 percent here as well. So you they're going to need to do something for the most part are all black. Yeah. Macbeth is playing us off already. I mean, I know we had a lot of technical difficulty, but yeah, same time every time. Yeah, it, it, but it came faster because because I wasn't here apparently. But stick with me. Coming back with a congressional uh, candidate who's running against Maxine Waters. You're listening to the Liberty Hour on AM five sixty. The answer. Thanks, Patrick. All right, we'll see you next week, guys. Have a good one. Now back to the Liberty Hour. Call Sean now at 312-642-5600. Don't call Sean at that number. Welcome back to the Liberty Hour. Charles Love here hosting the show. And we've been um, bringing on some candidates of note and and high-profile races and people who are running for office. And today we're going to talk to the candidate for California's Congressional District 43, he is a Navy veteran and looking to unseat Maxine Waters. Joe Collins, welcome to the Liberty Hour. Hey, good evening. How are you? I'm fantastic. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you. Thank you for asking. That's good. So, uh, I wanna, you know, this is uh, we're in Chicago, but of course, once we put up the podcast, people get to hear it everywhere. And a lot of these uh, races have now become national um, by, you know, it being an election year. So can you tell the listeners a little bit about your district? Well, yeah, I'm in California's 43rd district. That consists of parts of Inglewood, uh, South Central Los Angeles. We have Watts, Westchester in the airport area. We have Hawthorne, Gardena, Torrance, West Carson, Lomita. And we have a pretty diverse district. Uh, it's primarily um, Latino and black, though. And uh, very, very underserved, been underserved for a very long time, and it's been represented by Maxine Waters for a long time. So uh, me being from uh, South L.A., you know, we've had uh, a distinct pleasure and honor running a very successful race against Maxine Waters, and it's looking like we're going to 
we're going to win this race, but uh, only the polls will tell in, in November. Yeah, I hear your billboards are all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we have tons of billboards. I bought everything, um, you know, everything that they said that I, I couldn't have, I bought it. You know, we do very well fundraising, so uh, they said I need a bigger name ID. We bought all the billboards. They wouldn't <laughs> let me get on the radio, so then I bought the radio. They didn't let me get on TV, so I bought the TVs. And um, uh, it's, it's going pretty well. I think a lot of candidates need to start, you know, looking into buying, you know, things they won't let you get on, especially if you're a conservative uh, running in a Democratic district. Right. So you must be definitely trying this from a different standpoint. And uh, she may be seeing some seeing uh, opposition she's not used to seeing. So talk about that as a conservative, as you said. Uh, why run as a conservative in, in such a, even though it looks like your campaign is doing well, in an area that has not voted mm-hmm. that way in such a long time? Yeah, so I became a Republican back in, uh, in 2004 whenever I joined the military. But I didn't think it was, you know, it was upon me to run as a Democrat in the Democratic district just because it's a Democratic district. I think a lot of people fail to realize that I grew up in South Central Los Angeles. I'm from here. And so I still have a lot of influence uh, here. My family does, especially with my grandfather being um, one of the biggest pastors. He had one of the biggest churches in South L.A. before megachurches was a thing. And um, so, you know, moving back to South L.A. and people seeing something different, they seeing somebody with ideas, somebody who's really trying to help the community, especially someone uh, who grew up in the community, they take to me very well. And the main thing that I try to do is I try to keep politics, our political party preferences, out of uh, people's opinion when they talk about who they want to vote for. I want people to vote for me because of the values that I stand for, the things that I want to do for the community, and not because I'm a Democrat or Republican. Because, you know, let's be honest, if being a Democrat was, uh, was, was valuable in South L.A., our community wouldn't be as ran down as it is right now. <laughs> that's, wow, that's saying a lot. So I know people may give you a hard time at first when you first walk in or when, they, when you first try to explain your vision and your beliefs mm-hmm. to them, but what would you, you, if you're probably obviously winning them over, but so what are you, you try to keep the party out of it? So what are the one or two things that you focus on the most that you think resonates the most with the people you speak to? Um, I focus on things that matter in a community, like, you know, homeless, we have a huge homeless population uh, that we're going through. Uh, our businesses are being shut down. They were being shut down before COVID-19, but now COVID-19 is a shining a light on our business being shut down. Um, education, rebuilding a relationship between law enforcement and community, like things that actually matter to the community, that's, that it should be a nonpartisan issue. And the biggest, like my biggest critics are white Republicans, right? Because I'm from the inner cities. I'm from South Central Los Angeles. And so a lot of people tend to think that the mainstream Republican message works in the inner cities, and it, it actually don't. You know, you can't preach things to people who have never experienced certain things in their lives. People out here are used to poverty. They're used to not having, you know, quality jobs. They want these things, but they're not used to having it. So, you know, I I stick to the basics. You mentioned education, and I know that L.A. is one of the cities that's going full remote. What are the people, Mm -hmm. I mean, and you say there's obviously, you know, not a bunch of uh, upper middle class whites in your district. So for the people who are struggling and trying to make ends meet, struggling to do it, then they have COVID layered on top of that. What are their thoughts mm-hmm. on school and what what they're going to do? There's a lot of people out here that are skeptical about sending their children back to school, but they are more than happy to send their children back to school. Um, case in point is because 
they don't have the money or the resources to feed their kids every day. I mean, we're in a we're in a very you know the majority of our community are very poor communities, and so um, you know parents can't afford to keep their kids at home, especially when the majority of the resources have been coming from the schools. When it comes to um, even you know social care or you know emotional care, you have the nurses, you have the curriculum to keep the kids involved while the parents work, and so. Those are those are some of the biggest issues when it when it comes to having kids at home. You know, is right. the, the the basis is not there. Well, um, I'm glad you were able to come on and tell the people a little bit about yourself, and uh, so they can know who you are and see what's and know that there's somebody who's running against Maxine Waters. Tell them uh, where they can find your uh, campaign. Yeah, my website is JoeCollinsForCongress.com. You can find me on Twitter at JoeCollins43 and Instagram and Facebook at CollinsForCongress43. Joe Collins, good luck, and thank you for joining the Liberty Hour. You're listening to the Liberty Hour with Sean Thompson. Get on the line with Sean by calling 312-642-5600. Welcome back to the Liberty Hour. Who is this Sean guy? I don't know, but they want you, that guy wants you to call him a lot. Man. They must think I'm Sean, because that's the number you can call me at right now. Oh, there you go. Yeah, You're so Sean. If they want to be on the show. It's 312-642-5600. That's how that works. This one might make them want to call. I am um, a bit upset and a little confused by this this uh, clip I saw. Uh, you have to go and look at it. It is a police officer, Officer Oxford. It's a situation he had where he went to hear a complaint from a woman, and then he went to go investigate it. And what happened is sad on so many levels. It's like the perfect encapsulation of what's going on in in society. Everything that's wrong. There's so many goodies. Let's start here. The beginning of the clip I want to play just because I want you to know why he went over to talk to these women. Can you play the clip? What exactly did they say to you? She said she's going to murder me. All right. She said she's going to murder me. So he goes over. I don't care if you called me. I'm here anyways. Okay. Okay, I'm here to investigate something. I don't care if you call me or not. I need I need you to get up and come talk to me. No, you don't. Not you. Okay, I need to come speak with you. I don't care that you didn't call the police. They did. And I have a video. Okay, and I have a video which has you in it. Okay, and I need to investigate what your part was in that. Okay, everyone except for her, shut up right now or go to jail. I don't care. Okay, you can all leave or you can go to jail for obstructing my investigation. You want to go to jail? Okay, do you want to go to jail? I am trying to investigate something with her. Okay, turn around. Turn around. Turn around. Can you pause so there's so much just right there. Right. I, you can't even catch it all. The woman says, uh, I'm not resisting, but you better not touch me. There's that. I don't need to come and talk to you because I didn't call you. Right. Right. Then the woman's like, you're on our property. Wasn't her property. If you're in the video, the woman talking, saying this, you're on our property. We didn't call you. Is not the woman he went to go talk to, which was her mother. And it was her property. She didn't live there. So that wasn't even true. And then this happened. Correct. 613 So now he tases her. But you see how long it went. Now the from the part you heard was like, come on now. 
He had to taser out that whole time. So for those who say he didn't warn her, he was pointing the taser at her for about 30 seconds. And the one who said, come on now, is the woman's mother. So calmly standing between her pulling away at the cop and the police officer just like, now you all just settle down while her daughter is just acting wild. That's because she's a reasonable person. So she's trying to be reasonable. Let's keep going. Turn over, put your hands behind your back. You I can't turn, turn over, put your hands behind your back. I will tase you again. Call the police, mama. Call the police, mama. One more time. One more time. I need you to pause it one more time. That's just too good. Because call I don't know if you heard the woman in the background said yes. That said, call the No, before they go. No, That's I'm the sorry. The, the woman in the background said, you about to get sued. Yeah. And then she's the, and I need you all to understand, go watch the video. But when you heard, call the police, mama, that was the woman who got tased. Because this is my last piece. Play it a little bit more. Turn over. Mom, Turn over. Is in my f- leg. Get up and move over there, Jerry. It's in her leg. Get up. It's in my f- leg. You just tased her. Don't touch me. Don't touch. Bro, don't come on, Okay, so the bro don't touch. That is the woman who got tased. And that's important because all you people, you shoot them in the leg, people. Then why don't you just yeah. t- tase them instead of shoot them, people? This is a, a slightly, I mean, this is not a big woman. She's slightly larger than average, but she's not overweight. Regular sized woman who got tased that. and she, she, she looked more upset than hurt. Yeah. Yeah. And you keep saying just tase people and not to stop. So they're supposed to stop an enraged man, maybe somebody on drugs. But this woman got tased and she's like, I ain't doing nothing. And she's still saying, dude, stop an touching me. awful lot of videos out there, guys on PCP getting tased. Right. Usually naked for some reason. I don't know why, <laughs> but they always seem to be naked. But yeah, there's a lot of people who videoed but just guys just pulling the, the little uh, probes out and just not caring. And we ended with this. Get in the car, get tased again. And what you, in case you couldn't see it, so if you didn't get it by the by the sound, you know he said assault on a Leo, so you know that's a law enforcement officer. Right. But what happened was she was sitting in the car, but not completely in the car, with her feet dangling on the outside, facing the door, so like butt in, but not out. And when he said get in the car, I'm gonna tell you get it, she rushed him. Yeah. I saw people, I saw this video on Facebook. I saw people, I saw conservatives. I can see, I don't know these people, but I can see their, 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 their face on the, uh, you know, their, their profile picture. And it's like, you know, negative Obama, it's a MAGA hat talking about, well, he should have waited for backup. What is happening with society that w- no one, none of the posts, it was nuanced stuff. Well, he didn't do anything wrong because by the way, he got fired. Well, see, nuance, right. And see, His department said the... he did nothing wrong, but they fired him. Right. And all you're doing is, con- is, is, Condoning bad behavior. You're feeding none the flame of, none next of, time. Not one person in the post said her behavior was bad. No. And here's the thing, too. You can, you, there are legitimate critiques to make for how he was addressing people and how he... Right. But that right. doesn't make but the action fire. that he took wrong, and it right. certainly doesn't make it fireable. Right. Maybe you... They sus- just don't want to have... They don't want to have the, the publicity. They, yeah, they maybe want to you suspended, to but you fired him right. because she was like, you're not going to arrest me. She's snatching away from him. She jumps in his face. She won't give him an arm. All that kind of stuff. Are you just okay with that? This is where we're going, and it's not going to be a good thing. If we keep allowing bad behavior and ignoring that because we don't like cops, we're all going to be in trouble. You're listening to the Liberty Hour on AM560, The Answer. What we've got here is failure to communicate. This is the Liberty Hour. Here's your host, Sean Thompson on AM560, The Answer. Welcome back to the Liberty Hour. I am Charles Love, your host. 
And we say this every week, so why not say it this time? Man, that was fast. Yeah, buddy. Hours fly. That's the thing about radio, right? An hour is no time at all, and eight seconds is an eternity. Yeah. It's a very weird... <laughs> especially when you go offline. Well, yeah, especially <laughs> when you're not hearing anything. Eight seconds is definitely an ultra. We had a little yeah, te- that, technical uh, difficulties, but we worked it out. Uh, you know, that's uh, that's why we're all here. Yeah. I yeah. Uh, like, as I do, to end the show with the problems of big government or something that someone does in government where they uh, don't follow, impose these tough rules and don't follow them or some kind of example of that. Hypocrisy. Yeah. Well, it's always been, you know, in, in America, but sometimes you find a story that, that, that kind of fits and you just got to go with it. And this is an international story and a rather sad one. It's good because most people probably wouldn't see it. So, from the New York Post, the headline, at least 13 die in Peru, running away from police amid COVID-19 club raid. Yeah, I saw that too, actually. So what happened was they had, because of social distancing, closed the clubs. And, uh, you know, just like here with people on the beach and doing kind of things and doing their own thing and wanting to get out. They speakeasied it. Yeah, they speakeasied it. To the tune of a couple hundred people. Right. And the club was open and apparently it only had one entrance. And the police decided they were going to crack down on the violent evils of people being in rooms together. So they put the police together and they got their little shields on. Like they, they looked like they're going to a, a BLM protest. They're, they're, they were drinking. Yeah, they're, they're assembling together and drinking cocktails that contain alcohol, which is known to kill the virus. Yes. Just, just pointing that yeah. out. But anyway, go ahead. So they decided to go in and raid it. And, you know, some people don't want to get get arrested. Some people just snatch away from police and say, this is my house. You can't arrest me. Go blank yourself and get tased. Others run screaming and trample people. And unfortunately, 13 people died. So you can say that this virus is serious and people should take it serious. And how dare they not social distance? You can say, wear your mask. But no sane person becoming fewer and fewer as we go along. But no sane person would say, you want to take government resources to collect the police in large wagons and large groups with batons to go crack down on, you know, armed people in a bar. And cause over a dozen deaths. And, Carl, and probably more deaths than, than they would have passed on through COVID and their, and their tracing and passing it on to people. Yeah, and there's something I said probably, to be said. 100% chance. Yeah. That, not probably. 100% <laughs> chance that 13 people weren't dying from them sitting in a bar having a drink and now 13 Certainly people Certainly not that dead. night, right? So <laughs> Certainly not that night. So I, uh, The other part of that is, too, like there, there are some people, and I saw this on, because I saw it on Facebook earlier. And some of the comments were, what, they don't have fire codes? There was only one entrance. That is missing. That is the definition of missing wow. the point. Wow. Um, because <laughs> your, your, your alternative to making that raid is not making the raid. Not making, you know, the alternative no, isn't making the raid with an extra door. Right. You didn't read the, the three comments down where the person would say, well, what kind of music were they listening no, to? Oh, jeez. <laughs> if they weren't listening to that evil dance music, then that wouldn't have Maybe happened. Maybe they were watching the DNC. You have well, to no. gather in groups to watch the DNC. So. Well, I think that would be approved. Well, yeah, but that that's, you know, we don't know what they're rating down there. Maybe they didn't like it. Yeah, so uh, it's it's sad, but that's what happens. Liberals are always the victim. Government. You know that. Too much government is never good. Well, that's another two hours. That's a wrap. 
It really is, man. <laughs> and you were here for an hour and 58 and a half minutes of it. <laughs> well, so I was here cool. for all of it. You just didn't see me or hear me. I was waving, jumping up that's and down. Right. But, you know, thanks for coming. Thanks for sticking to the technical difficulties. I hope you uh, enjoyed. And uh, come check out uh, check us out next week where we will be here for the whole two hours. That's right. You're listening to the Liberty Hour on AM560, The Answer. I have to go home. I have to go home. I have to go home. The show is over.